Hey guys, and welcome to Appliance Alliance Podcast. I am your host with the most equipment, Zach Ryder. And alongside of me today, we have a repeat guest, Mr. Scott Brown of Master Samurai Tech and Appliantology. And I'm just honored to be doing this with them. We've had a pretty good convention here at Brand Source. It's been great. Thanks for having me back on your show, Zach. You got a great show going. So very yeah, happy to be here. So we're looking forward to it. We've been talking a lot about service side and training technicians this weekend, and we've seen a lot of unique ways that um, companies are implementing your program as well as other programs. So that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna dig into today. What that looks like and um, how that how that plays out. So. Why don't you break down for us just a little brief history of Master Samurai Tech and Appliantology, and then we'll we'll launch in. Okay, so we've been online for 20 years, maybe more than that. Started with Appliantology, that's our older site, it's our tech support site, and, and working with techs over there, helping them solve problems, and we have service manuals and also webinar recordings that are available over there, but in working with techs over at Appliantology, uh, tech started asking for some sort of structured training so they could go through and actually learn basic electricity because what we found is that a lot of techs that are new, newer to the trade, haven't been in it for 30 years or whatever, didn't, didn't have any formal training like I had in the Navy, then they didn't really understand basic electricity. They were sort of winging it. So they wanted to be able to read schematics and troubleshoot using a schematic, identifying their load of interest, have a systematic approach for troubleshooting. That's what we teach at Master Samurai Tech. So they're all online, self-paced, they're structured. So you'll go through, you're going to learn tools, then you're going to learn basic electricity, starting from the electrons out. That's how we do our training, from the electrons out. And you're going to see how common everything is. You're going to learn how things function. You're not going to get confused by the different names that manufacturers will call the same functional component, inverters or whatever you're talking about. So we train that way. They'll continue on and learn technology, electronics and gas and motors, inverters. They'll learn all of this, the technology that are common to all appliances. So we've been started Master Samurai Tech about seven years ago. We've worked with hundreds of companies and trained thousands of techs in that time. So that's the elevator speech. Um, it, and it's, it's excellent. I mean, so... It, a lot of the owners here, um, like owners across the rest of the country, are struggling to find technicians, are struggling to train technicians. Sometimes it is. It's, you know, you just cannot send a tech away for two weeks or three weeks or whatever. Some people can, but not everyone can. And so you really fill that space um, as well as continuing education, you know, so you have deeper courses that dig in. Um, trying, for trying to off, yeah, we're trying to offer the whole package. So we'll start with core, teach them all the basics, and then we get into advanced washer dryer, advanced refrigerators, uh, advanced troubleshooting, and we've got some other courses. You can go to Master Samurai Tech and see them all there. Professional skills that techs will need, the soft skills. So, and then we we do continuing education over at uh, our tech support site, which is appliantology.org. We do live webinars over there, workshops we call them, and then we keep recordings of that. We've got this whole library over there of over 70 hours worth of webinar recordings where we drill down into specific topics on particular brands problem, prob that come up in the course of conversations with techs at Appliantology. And I'll take one of those and use it as an example to show applying troubleshooting techniques to that problem that they're working on. Yeah, and you were showing me some of those yesterday when we were chatting and, and so you, you got the wheels turning. One of the unique ways that we heard um, a company utilizing your program is early on in training. So after they've done their ride along, their two weeks, their 30 days, whatever it is, they're, they're, they are telling their technicians, you have 90 days to complete this training. 
or you're you're out the door. That's a common. That's a common. That's a good way to do it. Ninety days, you can get through all of the courses. They're all ve very video based, so it's not you're not just going to be hit with a wall of text. You're going to be seeing videos. They range in length from fifteen minutes to an hour and a half, and it's going to be mostly me talking, explaining schematics, explaining basic electricity concepts, showing how to apply it in a real troubleshooting situation. You're going to be looking at the schematic, panning on over, looking at the the actual wiring on an appliance, how you apply that and strategy and that roadmap to your troubleshooting, whatever you're working on. So what are some of the other unique ways that um, people are utilizing your training? You know, what, what's, what's another pathway that you've suggested to maybe a, a owner in a different position? Well, it's interesting because we started Master Samurai Tech. Like, as I said, it came out of conversations at Appliantology. So when we originally started it, we had in mind the owner operator who was already doing it, doing it, running service, and just wanted to up his game, fill in the knowledge gaps and, and empower them with the knowledge that they need to be able to troubleshoot, work smarter, not harder, and be able to troubleshoot more accurately without taking away the guesswork, demystifying boards, the, the computer-controlled appliances, just they're going to function as a load or a switch with some data thrown in there, depending on the particular circuit and that load that you're troubleshooting. So we've seen, but then we've morphed. Then companies started approaching us and said, well, we want, to, we want to bring in this new guy and we want to get him trained. And we want to do that cost effectively, which online training is cost effective. Really, if you think about it, all training is brains on. Everybody likes to talk about hands-on training. It's really all your training goes on in your head and then you practice what you learned in your head with your hands. So that's, it's really brains-on training and hands-on practice. So if it's a company that has a shop, for example, here at Brand Source, the Brand Source Expo, there's a lot of companies that have a showroom floor. They've, that's a great opportunity to practice what they've been learning online and the courses. Um, and the other way that, that will happen is if they don't have a showroom, then they'll ride along with a senior tech if they have that, whether that's the owner himself or just some other senior tech who happens to be in his employee. So we ran, um, Susan and I ran into a unique, I had popped over after breakfast this morning and she was talking to a gentleman who has no senior techs, no nothing. Common story. And he's trying to train technicians literally from zero to they're out on the road doing something. And so, I mean, common story. Walk us through what that scenario looks well, like. You got the, the, the situation we're in right now in the United States is the average age of appliance techs is 59. That's, that's in, in the Northeast anyway. I'm pretty sure that's nationwide. So you're just not going to find techs out there that are ready. And a lot of times if you hire an experienced tech, they're going to come, they're going to be setting their ways. They're going to come with some attitude baggage. Maybe they're, they're not going to be doing things your way. They're going to, they've got bad habits that they're not going to want to change. They know how to do an ohms reading, so they know all about electricity. You, you get that kind of uh, that kind of attitude, and that's hard to overcome sometimes. What we tell people is, look, there just aren't techs out there. You're going to have to make them, and you want to do that as cost-effectively and as time-efficiently as you can, which is another thing that's nice about online training because it's online and on-demand, so it folds into the day. So they can, get say, get on online, do a couple of lessons, a couple hours in the morning, and then continue their training either on the shop floor or on the shop or, or run in service with a senior tech uh, to practice what they're learning and sort of get the feel for actually running service calls, working with customers. So it's, it's time effective in that sense too. They don't have to be at a certain place at a certain time online. 
So how would you take them from, you know, he has no one to train. What what would your logical next step be? So they've come in, they've done the appliantology, maybe they've done it faster than 90 days. Where does he take that to next? Right. So appliantology is our tech support site. I'm sorry. Yeah. Master that's, Samurai. That, that's Master okay. Samurai. That's okay. They're both, we've run both sites and uh, I even get them confused sometimes. But uh, so they go through the courses and then... That he has no senior tax, no nothing. So where does he go from there? Like, oh, how does he do that hands-on after the brain's on? So we've actually had a number of um, guys who were coming into the trade, particularly last year. A lot of we've had people coming in who were pilots, insurance people, hospital techs coming, getting training over at Master Samurai Tech, wanting to make a career change. So what they'll do is they'll start working on their own stuff. They'll go tinker around, tear apart their own appliances, work for family and friends, put out something on Craigslist just to get some calls coming in, get some practice doing, do, uh, doing appliance repairs and other people's things. So you can start it as a progression, maybe even fold it in while they're working, if they're, if they're currently employed, working another job. Cause, so it's all time flexible. It'll work around your time. That's excellent. And, and so if you have a technician in your employee, say, you know, so we're at brand source convention. These are a lot of servicing dealers. These aren't just service only dealers. They are, they deal appliances and they're selling. So if you have a technician in that space, you have stuff that they could work on. There might be some ding and dents or there might be some, you know, DOA that warranty, you know, they're not going to let you deal with. So you have some junk or you have some trade-ins. Technician can go back into your garage, something like that, and, oh, we and mess with those. Some people get uh, have an arrangement with Lowe's where they, Lowe's will drop off their returns to them because they don't want to deal with them, or they need them fixed before they get returned. And that, those are great pieces to practice on. The other thing we tell people, too, is, is since you're not going to find very many experienced techs who are worth hiring, what you've got to do is you've got to make your own. So we tell people, hire based on character and add the technical skills inexpensively. And if they've got a head for it, and there are different ways you can assess that, then you can add those technical skills. So what you're gonna look for is maybe some kid right out of high school or some youngish guy in his 20s or what, or girl too. Uh, women actually make good students, make good techs uh, if they've got, again, got the right head for it. But do they like to tinker? Uh, do they like to figure out how things work? Do they have a problem solving mindset? How do you figure that out? Well, what kind of stuff do they do when they're off time? You can ask them what they're kind of extra, do they spend all their time on the, on the game box or do they like to tear apart engines? Do they like to tinker around with equipment? What, what did they do in high school? Did they like to build models? That kind of thing. You can even do like, uh, if you want to assess someone, if they've got a logical train of thought, just simple little math questions, like give them a little equation, like P equals I times E, right? Now, solve that in terms of I. Can you do that? I is equal to what? P over E, right? You got to be able to divide both sides. Simple little things like that, which actually is a good example because when you're dealing with AC loads, for example, measuring ohms on the winding, tearing down the, the appliance, getting down into the belly of the beast so you can measure the ohms on the winding when you could It's a use, lot of work. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of, work. of work. It's a lot of wasted time. You, you know, you say you do minimal disassembly for troubleshooting and then you save tear down for when you're actually going to replace the component that you have determined with, with assuredness. We have proof and data that that part is bad. That's cool. I, and, and I love the way that your program works. I love that you, you always say you teach from the electrons out. So it doesn't matter what brand that, right. that you're working on, you can learn how to service an appliance. And you, you had put that in a webinar or something on appliantology, yeah. um, you know, about doing minimal teardown and really knowing the, the, the belly of the beast. 
and it changed my way of doing it because I learned from parts changers. They were old school, you know. You you there's pattern that bad, recognition. You bad, knew what was bad happening. habits. And, and by the way, pattern recognition is not such a bad thing. That's how techs sort of get a raise. You get faster the job. There's an appliance you've worked on before. You know, there's some appliance, lots of them that have been out for a while. You know the model number. You know the problem. Uh, the problem statement. You know what's the appliance doing? It should not be doing. What is it doing? What is it not do? What is it doing that it should not be doing? What is it not doing that it should be doing? That's your problem statement. If the answer to one of both of those questions, if you if you know, there are a lot of things with pattern recognition. If you know the model, you know the problem statement. You kind of pretty well know what you're walking into, and right. you can walk in with that part and do a first call complete. You have the first call complete. You right. make the customer happier. So pattern recognition is not a bad thing, but that's not troubleshooting. It doesn't end there. It, it doesn't end there. Right, because you're going to be working. What about new things that you've not worked on or have not been out that long, and there is no pattern recognition database? Then you've got to be able to figure it out on the fly, and you need to have a lot of tools in your head to be able to solve the problem. And I was talking about, oh, back to the P equals I times E example, and uh, and people doing ohms measurement on AC loads or motor windings. So loads, AC loads in particular, are all about watts. So you don't want to just do, doing ohms is not a reliable test, not a diagnostically conclusive test. Okay, if it's open, right, you found the problem. But if it's if it reads within spec, that doesn't mean it's good. You can't say it's good. Remember, ohms lie. So you measure amps, go into that motor, and then you can convert to watts, which you're usually given the watt spec on the motor, even either in the text, uh, the spec block on the text or sheet. Or on the motor itself. Or on the motor yeah. itself, on the nameplate label, right. All motors will have that. It's a very cool way of thinking about it and doing it and training. Like there's just, there's so many paths that you can take to use the Master Samurai Academy. Um, and for CSRs, I, we sent our CSR through it and she, the information that as a technician you get back on your ticket is so much better after they've gone through that program. You that's, want to talk about that a little bit? Well, that's bit? her deliverable. That's the, or I say her, but most of them are, are women, but not all. But, the, but that's the deliverable of a CSR to the tech is a good problem statement. Instead of a bunch of gobbledygook, you know, customers will give you a lot of, because they, they're not they technical. They don't know. They don't know. So they're going to give you a lot of, well, some guy came and worked on it or it was doing this, and or they'll give you things that sound like multiple problems. Really, you just need to know what is it doing that it, what is it not doing it should be doing? What is it doing that it should not be doing? Did I say that right? Yeah, you got it right. You got it right. So, and then um, just just diving in. So we've talked about all the training methods, just diving in on the personal side. You're you're a total nerd like me. Like we 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 started digging into data yesterday and talking yeah. about that. So. We, we like the geek stuff. Yeah. So, so tell me where that, um, tell me why you geek out so much. Like, is there, is it just the way your mind works? Is it? Some people are, you're just wired that way. I, I think, it, I think you can acquire it, but I mean, I've always liked that as a kid. I was tearing stuff apart and putting things together. How does this work? And tinkering around with things. And in fact, the whole reason I went in the Navy, actually, I, I went in when I was a high school dropout and I, I wanted to get in the Air Force because I had this idea in my head, I want to fix airplanes. And uh, I go into the Air Force recruiter's office and the first thing he said was, did you, you have a high school diploma? I said, no. He said, go next door to the Navy because they take anybody. And, and, uh, and that's what they, and they did. They took me and they trained me. Uh, went through uh, nine months of basic electricity and avionics technician school. And that was nine months, Monday through Friday, nine to five every day, uh, working, uh, just learning and studying this stuff. And so you, you study your, your material, your lesson, then you go up to the first class at the, the first class petty officer at the head of the class. And you tell him, okay, I'm, I'm finished with that module. He takes you down the hallway to a black box. He breaks something in there. And then you have to figure out what it is based on what you just learned. So it, 
It's uh, it seems like a lot of us kind of fell into appliances. I know we had talked in our last interview. You just you kind of stumbled into it, but it's really funny to know that you worked on aircraft. I'm a licensed airframe power plant mechanic. Yeah. Like that's how I got into um, my technical thirst and and troubleshooting ability. Really came from from that same type of you know someone breaks something and then you you learn how you know, through electronics and through electricity class and all those, those things. It's a good background to come from. I mean, you get a lot, I mean, we, let, we had to learn, actually, I thought in high school that I was bad at math just because it was taught so badly. Turns out when I went in the Navy and I was going through basic electricity and then we had to learn vectors and trigonometry and all this stuff. There I am, a high school dropout and they're teaching us trig and they're teaching us how to use vectors and phasers and three phase power and voltage and current relationships through capacitors and inductors. And it's like, wow, this is really cool. And I discovered I was good at math. And so when I got out of the Navy, they put me through college, got in my engineering degree and was stupid enough to get a master's degree in engineering and then even dumber to go ahead and get licensed in engineering. So, <laughs> so it was just kind of a fun journey, but it's just that people have different journeys coming to it. And, but mostly it's just, you're looking for somebody who's got that, uh, they're just kind of wired in a way. They like to tinker around and figure out how does stuff work. So we have a few resources that came from training classes that um, we went, we were part of in the service side um, at this convention, and I'm going to drop some of those down below. I'm also going to drop uh, Master Samurai Academy down below, Appliantology down below. We do have a promo code, but I think we need to update that promo code to kind of match the branding of what we have, um, and we'll drop the promo code down below. We can so, do that. Yeah, we uh, we just uh, we appreciate you so much for what you've done in the industry and and really how you're changing the way that we train. I appreciate so. your show. I mean, you're really getting the word out and bringing people together. So you're doing a great job with that. We like having the feedback on that, and yep. and coming from you, it really is it really is an honor for us. <laughs> it's to, enjoyable. So it's it's an, it's an honor to be on your show again. Yeah. Well, thank you. So, guys, you heard it here. There's a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different training methods. You got to find the one that works. We're going to help you out by giving you some resources down below and point you in the direction. So for the Appliance Alliance podcast, we're signing off. Bye, everyone.